Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny, together forever. And today, we're going to be talking about a bunch of games. That's it. I don't know how else to say bunch it. Bunch of games! Today is the Bunch of Games episode. Thanks for joining us for episode 72. Alright, residents of Meepletown, if you were here today, you would see Dean, and this is real, with his short sleeve polo shirt, with his short shorts. Shorts. Th- they're those are shorts. Not, they're not short shorts. Let me go ahead and say <laughs> that. Short, short. They're just normal. Hold on, can you stand up for a second? They're normal cargo, like middle-aged man shorts. Okay, how high do they come off the knee, or do they cover the knee? I can't see from here. We're sitting at a table right now. They don't cover the knee. They're like right above the knee. I right think. above the knee. Do you mm-hmm. have nice knees? Or no? Or have you ever thought... That, you know, for the first time this How year, you answer that. I was working out in the gym yesterday, and I was looked at this guy, oh, and I went, gosh, here we "That go. guy has nice knees." <laughs> Did you tell him? You need to compliment people on things like that. When you see it, <laughs> and I looked at my out. knees, and I was like, "I don't know if I like my knees that much." Plus, I have a scar from when I was. Look at this, Dean. Oh my goodness, you see that scar? Yeah, that was uh, on my playing on. Oh my gosh, I can't talk in first grade. I got a cramp in my toe now from raising my foot up. <laughs> How'd you get a scar from that? Okay, though? from in first grade, uh-huh. I was playing Ninja Turtles on the playground. Okay. And I said, I'm Donatello! And I jumped and I tripped and fell on a rock and busted it. You want to see my scar? All right, hold on. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Can you oh, s- hold you, on. Did you just pull no, up the wrong leg? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's serious. <laughs> Dean's scar is way more tougher than mine. It was from a... Uh, saving children from a bear. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it was rough. <laughs> but I got him. I took care of him. What did you really do? All right. So, do you know what? Rolling. We call it rolling in Tennessee. Like toilet toilet papering. Oh, you were... How did you get a I was in, I was in high rolling. school. I was uh, maybe a junior in high school. We this is rolling. where you roll toilet paper on people's trees. You throw toilet paper rolls on their trees. It's classy. <laughs> So we were doing that, and we saw a car coming. And, you know, when you're teenagers, somebody's like, cop, and then everyone runs away because it is illegal to do that. And True. so we started running in the pitch black, and I tripped over something to this day. I have no idea what it is. Maybe a maybe a guideline or something like that. No idea. What did you fall on? I didn't even know it was cut until like an hour or two later. Was it like a rock or something probably? Or? No, I was like running full sprinting and just like my leg hit something. And you didn't stop? Did not stop because the cops were chasing us. They were on our... Was they it were, really cops? No. Yeah. I, I mean, it so. may have been, but we never saw them. <laughs> they turned off. <laughs> you get That's a really big scar. Yeah. Did you have to get stitches? No. Well, it was too late by the time. So I went... My that's par- why the scar's so bad? Maybe? I live really far out. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I live really far out. This I is would- about a three-inch scar or something on his leg. Oh, dude. It's more than that. Maybe it's four inches. Yeah. It's it's like six, probably. Oh, it's, whoa. Yeah. It's, it's a giant. How about, let's just make it seven. That bear was huge. The grizzly bear. <laughs> but no, it was too late. I got back to my parents' house, and I didn't realize how, it was, how bad it was. So I went to the doctor the next day, and he was like, sorry, I can't stitch that up. And wow. I said, do it now. What did he do, nothing? He did nothing. Wow. He told me to take vitamin E. Why? It helps with scarring. Obviously, it didn't. <laughs> I mean, it, maybe it would have been a lot worse, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. That's a pretty nasty scar, though. Yeah, I got to come looks, up with a better story. pretty tough, but... actually. Yeah. Well, you know why we're... I didn't cry. 
So that's good. So there's that. I okay. <laughs> let me. I did whenever I was a kid. Uh, was playing hide and seek in the woods, and I was in sixth grade, maybe seventh. And one of my friends thought it would be funny to try to get us out of the woods by throwing giant rocks into the woods. Well, he hit me in the head. <laughs> my goodness gracious, that's not funny. No, it. But and I went, but I was I was a pretty tough kid at that. Oh I went. I just remember going, uh, okay, I'm fine, guys. And then my brother looks at me, and goes, John, oh there's blood, and it's like all over my. You know, your head bleeds. Bad. Yeah, uh-huh. it was all over my face, all over my. My shirt was soaked in blood, and so. Think of the terrifying mom moment whenever we I come running out of the oh, woods. Wow. All these kids are screaming, and her 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 kid co- comes out of the woods soaked in blood. His head is just gushing. She was she was pretty concerned. Let me yeah, just say that. I would say so. I would freak out. Yeah. I had to get a lot of stitches there. Ugh. I haven't got a lot of stitches in my day, but I have a decent amount of stars. I think that was stars. The, that was. Ooh. I saw a lot of stars. That was the only time I think I had. Yeah. Uh, I think I've only had stitches twice. I probably should have gotten them more than that, but that's about it. Is this uh, 30 minutes to nowhere? We should have just done that. No, but I was going to say that, you know why we're called Together Forever? Or Johnny Together Forever? Because Dean and I just took our relationship to the next level. Literally, right before this podcast started, we opened up a bank account together. (laughs) You have no Uh, words? uh, That's adorable. It is. It is adorable. Like we uh, we are joint bank account owners for Meeple Town. That's right. We actually made one hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we have a hundred dollars on our account right now. Yep. As soon as it gets transferred, actually, we've made a little bit more than that, but not a whole lot <laughs> over the course of Meeple Town. I would say, hey, Meeple Town, feel bad for us sending us money, but we have no way of sending us money unless you buy like Meeple Town merch. If you want, hey, if you want us to do Patreon <laughs> and send us money, just let us know and we'll sign up for that. I'm sure a lot of people are going to ask us to do Patreon. We've talked about it, but we just don't know if anyone will actually do it. But if you are one of those persons that would, that would make us very happy, just email us at MeepleTownGames.com. <laughs> Com. No. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. That'll work. Yeah. Or or if, tweet at us. If you have any questions for the mailbag, it's meepletownmail at gmail.com. Facebook Are we us. ready to do stuff to talk about things? Oh. You didn't do it yet. Well, it's okay. I don't have to do the math. It's, it's, it's. I okay. There's it just no way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ready for a poll? Hey, I did a poll this time. Dean did the poll. I don't have it pulled up though. <laughs> I don't Jeez. have it pulled up. I was almost going to say that. Oh, yeah. So basically, you're botching this. No, I got it. All right, here was the question, John. So I get to answer the question for the board game-related poll. So those who have joined the podcast and are going, are these guys ever going to talk about board games? Oh, we're going to talk about a bunch of board games. That's the name of the episode. But right before it, we're going to do a board game poll. We love our polls. All right. This is the first time that John... You all right? You okay? Got a little giggle monster going on over there? <laughs> sorry i'm not gonna edit that out by the way I'm trying not. i thought john was gonna spit his coffee all over the microphone in my face <laughs> all right here's the question here's the Woo! thing john you ready uh, purposefully this is john's first time answering the poll and so i thought i'm gonna throw him a softball and i did purposefully i threw you wow. a softball did you really purposefully do that oh yeah you'll hear once you hear you haven't seen this right uh, some, I don't even remember what it's about. Okay. 
So it was. What do you think about luck. what do you think about luck in board games? Because we've actually been having a lot of behind the scenes discussions about luck in the games we've been playing. So the question is, what do you think about? I voted luck on this one in board games, but I but I said in the guild and and I said on the on the Twitter one too that uh, that the answers are broad. Purposefully, I made them broad because I wanted mostly to start discussion in the comments. Okay. We, we we have some good comments. I want to luck share in too. board games is an interesting topic. Yep. The options are not great. I will admit that. But so for someone who constantly tells me that my options are pathetic and bad, and then when we get done with the episode, you continue to abuse me verbally. Oh, and I will. But <laughs> the, I I knew that going into this that these were going to be bad options. But I was okay with that. And we even talked about better options a couple weeks ago. But I was like, nope, not using. Those. Remember how you get onto me for prefacing things and going way too long before you just get to the point. You just want me to say it. You I just, like. I love the build up. Just like. Just like. See, you. you're turning into Johnny. <laughs> together forever. What do you think about luck in board games? Hate it. It's okay in certain games. Love it. That's easy. Yep. It's okay in certain games. Okay. Got it. That, like 90%. Okay. 90? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 80. Uh, I'm not going to add these up now. Uh, I'll just figure it out because they're pretty close. It's like 85% roughly. Yeah, those were bad answers. Okay. But here's the thing. What do you think the next best answer is? What do you think the next answer was that people said? Love it or hate it? Love it. Okay. How much? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, if it was like... It's not a big difference there. It's 8%, like... 8%? Uh, no, like 6 7 7%. That's probably right. Yeah. That's probably about right. Uh, well, no, no, no. That wouldn't be right. So if it was 85%, it's probably more like 10% and 5%, roughly. I typed in, hate it. Did you? Mm-hmm. You voted on this one. I did. Okay. Okay. Here's why I did this I don't one. totally hate it, honestly, but... I was more on that side of it than the other. I don't think anybody hates or loves luck in games. I really don't think that. But what I wanted to do is get an idea if, you know, if those are pretty even, and they were, they were pretty even, just those two answers. But the the responses, that's what I was looking for. And so uh, JTR, John Croft, said, luck is fine in certain games, but there better not be much luck if I'm spending three hours at the table, which sure. I'm, I'm very much on board for that. Sure. For heavier, heavier Euros and such, input randomness is fun. As is output randomness, as long as it can be mitigated, Brass and Twanton Suyu come in mind as good examples of that. Sure. Um, you agree with that comment? Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking back to those games and thinking of how much where the luck is and where it's not and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you got the the card draws of the warriors in Tuat and Suyu, which you could definitely like, draw the double warriors, draw a lot of the and in gold the, and in the stack. But you can choose from those, you know, whatever those yeah. cards with the symbols are called on there. The you're talking about the, the meeples that come out, but it's I feel like it's pretty minimal though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, to me. I'm not a big fan of luck, but um, and hated is not true. Actually, I just I wanted to be. I assumed people wouldn't select that, so I wanted to balance it out a little bit. That's probably not the right answer. I would have actually probably put the middle answer, like everyone else did. I think overall, I want to be able to come away from a board game and say the best player wins this game. That's basically it. So okay. if there is luck involved, like. I want, you know what I mean? Like, I want it to be mitigated, minimal enough to where I feel like, I, I don't like, unless it's a short game, and I don't even love these types of games, unless it's a really short game, I don't generally love 
you know, playing a game. And even if I'm not a good, like Dean's better than me and I, I just luck to beat him, I just don't feel that satisfied. Like, man, he's just better at me than this. I just got a couple lucky rolls. I don't like winning like that. I don't really like love to lose like that. I less like to win like that. It's interesting because some of that, to an extent, I feel like a lot of games, even games that we feel like Brass Birmingham, for example, use, I'm going to use that as an example. The cards. The cards. It could be that you win the game by like one point, right? And the difference was the fact that you never had to, like you got the cards that you needed, especially sure. towards the end of the game, you know, that last half of the game or something like that, where you didn't have to trade in a card to get any uh, wild cards yeah. or something like that, you know? Um, that, that exists, and I love both of those games. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't, as long as you mitigate it and stuff, I guess as long as I genuine, generally feel like, you know, the better player, like if you play better, you win, then, and I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm okay with it. But you're, um, by the way, I'm, I'm more on the side. Let me actually, let me read Peter Schott's comment first. Cause I feel like I, I can align with this really well. Um, considering that I tend to enjoy games with dice or cards, I don't have a huge problem with luck, but it depends on how it's implemented. Ticket to ride, card draws determine the routes you can complete. Dominion, what you can buy, but also what you draw. Space base, Valeria, dice, but also what you buy um, along the way matters, right? Sure. Okay. I enjoy Pandemic the Cure, role player, as well as when dice determine what you can do, which I I do too. Uh, I I enjoy that. Let me read his last line though. So actually a pure strategy game is among my least favorite, one where all information is known. They might be neat to play, but I like the turn of a card or roll of the die as part of the game. I tend to align with that more. Interesting. Because it adds more excitement to me. It does. You know, like for me, if I it, it, part of that goes with the way that I play games, the way I approach games, I could care less if I win the game or lose the game for the most part. You know what I mean? Like it's not that I'm not invested, it's not that I'm I mean, I play competitively, I feel like, like in the midst of the game, but what I'm looking for is the experience. And so if mm-hmm. if the experience is, you know, last minute I have this stand up dice roll where I roll what I exactly what I need and you know what I mean? Like I like that sure. in games a lot. Yeah, I get it. Like there's no doubt about it that there's an element of excitement that comes with rolling dice or flipping a card and seeing what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's also element of hugely disappointment sometimes with that. So, you know, the my favorite I, I bring up this game a decent amount, probably about this, but I like I like how it it works out in a feast for Odin where you roll, if you lose, you get a reward. Like, I mean, you get like a, not a reward, but a consolation prize. You know what I mean? Like, so you don't feel like... Participation. Yeah, you don't feel like, okay, I just did that for nothing, and I just wasted, because those workers are super precious. You don't like it when that happens, but you at least, you know, get something for it. And, yeah, yeah, I, I like it like that. I like that like that. I'm, on the other hand, Dean and I... So, like, I think that Dean likes games, Dean... Like you just said, for the experience, mm-hmm. I more like a puzzly nature of a game. I think, mm-hmm. like, I like to like feel satisfied by putting these pieces together and accomplishing X, Y, or Z. So the experience, that's the experience that I enjoy. So we right. just, we like it, and I, but I do enjoy. Like I do have fun whenever we just play a goofy game or something like that. Like I can do that and have a great time. And I think that's why, because I think you're exactly right, John. We we approach it differently. But we also, like you said, we enjoy those other types of games. Like I can sit down and play a really heavy strategy game, but is it going to be one that I'm going to recommend every time? Probably not. You know, would I rather play Quacks of Quedlinburg, 
three times or something like that, or play that once in, you know, space based twice or something like that, as mm-hmm. opposed to playing this game that takes four hours to play, probably I would choose the three. Yeah. Um, and so, but, but I'm okay with it. I, you know, the thing that I've, I've realized over the past year, the thing that tends to be, that tends to irk me the most when it comes to luck comes from event cards. Yeah. And specifically I'm looking at, I'm thinking about two games in particular that came out this last year. You know exactly what they are. We're not going to say them. Nope. I am Pan Am, which uh-huh. I love. It was a top 10 game for me, but I did not like that last round event card. Agreed. The rest of the game didn't bother me really, as much, yeah. but you don't have as much control over what happens in the last round yep. because of that. And the other one is Nevada City. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there are ways to mitigate that, but I still find myself being frustrated because then I have to take actions to be able to mitigate that. And I don't like that. And I, yeah. Everdell, one of those expansions, I haven't played with the one that has the weather cards. Purposefully, I haven't played with yeah. it because they're all negative random weather cards that I just don't think I would like. Yeah, I'm fine with events if the. I actually like events if you flip it over at the beginning and then it doesn't affect till the end of the round. Now, yes. Pan Am's kind of like that. I like it. Pan yeah. Am's kind of like that, but then in that last round, it's such a huge effect you can't change enough. Yeah, you know, in a course of one round to really affect that as much as you want to. Mm-hmm. So, but I, you know, like Orleone and all those games, like I really enjoy those where you flip over a thing and you're like, all right, I have to figure out how to. It's kind of like the puzzle of here's like a little challenge you have to do. I like that a lot. So, but I, I mean, I'm, I don't, it depends on what I'm in the mood for. I'm just saying I gravitate towards those games. I mean, we were doing camping this weekend. I played Love Letter with the family and we had a great time. We laughed and gotcha, you know, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And I have a great time playing those games. It's just, what are my favorites that are like, yeah. Yeah. And, and setting, I, I, we can kind of end this conversation too, but setting it has a lot to do with that. Yeah. You know, am I playing a game with my, my family, with my kids, you know, I've been playing, um, Marvel uh, Marvel United. We've been playing that a lot at my house. That has those luck elements of the yeah. of the card flip and things like that. But it's fun, you know. It's the exciting thing. But if you know you and I and Jonathan are sitting down, that might not be the game that we pick because we're not going to enjoy it as much as we would in those other settings. Yeah. What do you, let me ask you this question? I just just do you think that luck in games is when you're if you're trying to introduce new people to the hobby, they're more that's that's better. To, I think it's better to have luck in games. Because I think it's more exciting. Not everybody. Not, if yeah. you have someone that's like really good at chess or something and wants to get into something that I would gravitate towards other games. But I think at the beginning, that initial luck of the roll, the draw, that usually can be, I mean, you would want to do a simpler game. But I think that people really, in, like, yeah, they get into that kind of stuff. You know, that kind of moves us into what, what could be a next poll question. Maybe I'll okay. do another poll next time. The idea of gateway games, you know, mm-hmm. because... Oftentimes we think, let's start people off with simpler games, and that that may be the case, but some of us started off in heavier games. Yeah. But for me, gateway games are, aren't gateway games because I still enjoy playing them. You know, like yeah. Ticket to Ride, I still enjoy playing quite a bit. Um, so, I, it, yeah, it just depends on the player, kind of what they're interested in, what, you know, what they're into, what they've played in the past, that sort of thing. So There you go. But you might be right. Luck in games. John and I are both okay with it in certain circumstances. He likes lame, heavy games. Is that is I mean, that a good summary? Not necessarily. How long have we been talking on this podcast? We got a lot of games to do. Yeah, uh, nineteen minutes. That's not too bad. No. Ready? I was born ready, baby. All right, get pumped. Eight games. We are going to be talking about eight different games, and we have ratings for a half of them, maybe, because we've done them on on YouTube. So we're going to talk about some of these on YouTube. That so if you've been following our channel there. 
Or if you haven't, you can go look at like playthroughs and short plays of some of these games. But there's other games that we're going to throw in there. But you may we're also going to maybe get a few if you watch the YouTube videos, a few little new comments. Right? We're not going to talk about the same thing every time. That's right. I'm ready for the first one, and I think John, you may have picked this one first because this leads. This is a great transition out of luck. And I didn't board mean games to do that, but into, that's actually good. Yeah, I did a, mean to do that. <laughs> into a dice rolling game. Uh, essentially, a card-playing dice rolling game that is Shores, the Shores of Tripoli. This is by um, this is by Fort Circle Games. This is Kevin Bertram, and I think oh, I should have looked this up. I think this might be his first game. Is that right? I thought I remember reading I don't something know. like that. Yeah, this is uh, nope. He's got some other games coming out, but yeah, this is his first release game. So in this game, two-player war game. One player takes a size uh, side of Tripoli. The other one is America. And what happens is you are playing cards either for an event or to take an action. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, the Americans want to move in, get a peace treaty signed that is in their favor. Or, oh goodness, I'm not looking at the rules right now. It's been a minute. But the uh, the other one is to um, to install their leader, right? Mm-hmm. To to go through, take out all the ground troops in in Tripoli and install their leader. What the Tripoli side is trying to do is gain a bunch of money. So if they get 12 coins. Or if they uh, get four frigates, or there's another in-game condition that we don't often meet because usually it's <laughs> if the game goes super long, it's harder for Tripoli to win in, in our experience. But um, but anyway, there's another uh, another uh, condition for them to win. And basically, what you're doing is you're just, you're going to play a card, you're going to do the action on that card, or take again one of those general actions that you can take any turn. But combat is where the dice comes in. So when you have combat of lots of different sorts, especially in pirate raids, if you're Tripoli, then you will roll dice and hit on sixes. Essentially, in a pirate raid, you get gold if you get fives and sixes, and that's it. That's that's essentially the game. It's it's in the same vein of like a I mentioned these a lot in the video, but Watergate and Thirteen Days mm-hmm. have some similarities, or or any of those other ones like Twilight Struggle, you know, where you're playing a card. Uh, kind of dual purpose in the, in that sense, but what do you think about this one? Yeah, so I mean, I really wanted to like Shores of Tripoli, um, if, if based on the games that Dean just said, like Watergate and stuff like that, that I'm very fond of. Um, there's just too much too much luck in this game for me. Um, I I I just, I mean, as we were playing it, I kept like I had some. It's just really frustrating to feel like you position your stuff in the right and you get bad rolls. And I know people will probably. That play this game. This game is highly rated. This is eight out of eight out of ten. It doesn't have very many ratings right now, but on BGG, it's really highly rated. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, man. I just, I like, I just kept thinking the way the cards play together, the luck in it. Like, and I'm, I'm not hating on this at all. I would just r- much rather play one of those other games way more. I would too. I would too. Uh, but I did not dislike this game. I get what you're saying. I think with more plays. You, you understand different strategies. Uh, so you you have you start off with six cards in your hand, but you also have three cards that you can play that are available to you right off the bat. And so that can help with your strategy if you have some bad draws at the beginning of the game. I, I did like this. The the dice rolls, I get it. Because if you're America, like you, you're trying to stop Tripoli at the get-go. The America yeah. cannot win until towards the end of the game. But Tripoli can win pretty quickly you know you have to get 12 coins and let's say you have i don't know let's say you have six of your corsairs or something like that that you can get out that are going on a pirate raid and then you roll six dice if you hit on fives and sixes you know let's say three of those times boom do four of those raids and you win yeah 
Um, there's other ways to mitigate that. So I get that, but I also, I think there's more, the more I've played, the more, the more there's the more strategy str- that I've, that I've I, understood. I, that's probably the case. Like as I played it, I thought, okay, there's probably better strategies than, cause I only played this one time. Dean's played it more than that for sure, but I've only played it once, but I kept thinking, okay, there's probably more strat, it's more strategic than I'm realizing right now. But after one play, I was just like, ugh. But you're like rolling just, dice for combat. Yeah. There is no way around that. So yeah. if, if that's not really your thing, you might not like that. Again, you get, it doesn't you, there's no me. consolation prize at all. You got to have consolation prizes. I do. Like, I mean, if I roll and I did terrible, it's just a complete waste of a turn. I got to get all my ships back in there. I got to do all that, like set it back up. All It's really discouraging when you set things all up and then roll crap. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, uh, now I feel like it's work. Oh, now I got to do that all over again. Yeah, and you're right about that. I yeah. think in the grand scheme of things, things should balance out between the two players. Now, in the game that you and I played, <laughs> not so much. I don't remember what you rolled, how many dice, and had one hit. It was absurd. It was, oh, it was like, it was in the 20s. Yeah, yeah. It was in the 20s. I was counting. Like I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And I know it's not going to happen like that all the time, but it really made it unfun. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I'm just not having a good time. And I don't think if it was the opposite end and I was rolling great and Dean was rolling poorly, I wouldn't have fun either. Like, I don't have fun. I don't like to win like that and I don't like to lose. I mean, like I said before, I think I would rather lose like that than win like that because I don't. I don't like winning a game where I'm like, man, I just won that because of dice rolls, Mm -hmm. you know. But people, positively, people really like this game. There's a lot of people, so don't just... Dean liked it more than I did. I like rolling dice too. Yeah, that's, but that's you know that's a difference between us. But but this uh, was not for me. But I'm at a seven on this. You know, I'm still not as hype as is apparently the rest of BGG. I'll I'll play this game for yeah. sure. But I'm not I'm not gonna go out of my my way to request it all the time. Yeah. But if somebody asks me to play it, I'll I'll probably play it. I enjoy it. It's at, quick too. That's the other thing. After one play, I'd give it a five. Uh, mediocre. We'll take it or leave it. Okay. It's not a bad game. I just I'm. Yeah. We're getting all John John's hater games out of the way right off the bat. Let's talk about our second game. Holy. He's going to spill the beans like that? Festival of Colors. I'm assuming that everyone's watched all of our YouTube videos because they do. They watch all of them. That's not true. (laughs) Holy has three tiers on this game. Now, I did find out after the review that you can play it by laying the tiers side by side, which I actually might prefer. Uh, it does. It looks really grandiose and beautiful on the table, but you have these uh, animals that you are, and you're just throwing color. It's an abstract game, right? You're trying to cover up these three layers with as much color as you can. You can hit other players with your color, uh, but you're drawing a card, and it's giving you not necessarily a polyomino shape, but it's a you're standing in this space, you throw color here and here, and you move your little guy around or girl around or whatever it is around, and you throw color in those spaces. Try to give really quick kind of what it is um i actually really came to this game positively because i think the art's really cool i like the idea of of holy festival of colors sounds fun it sounds exciting yeah it does like it's just like cool i like the idea of Vincent other Dutre cultures artwork. It's yeah really beautiful. it's it's you know there's a lot of positives um for that going to the game and, and i like i am more and more liking a good abstract game mm-hmm. um for sure but for some reason dean this one just didn't really do it for me yeah um Choosing where to put the guy and throwing the colors, uh, it was fine. It was fine, but I, I I didn't like and I and I'll I didn't love the three tier thing. Old man John, 
got annoyed by having to like stand up and look around and all the time constantly to see where things needed to be thrown. That's why I'm glad that I don't know who someone from Floodgate, I think, had commented that you can set them side by side. Honestly, I would play it side by side if it were me now. I know you think that's silly because you love your components and it looks beautiful, and it does. And uh, in in okay, in defense against the game, yeah, you know, for the game, I mean, it is not that bad. <laughs> it it is like it's I, not that bad. I, I agree with that. I, I just uh, it's just for a game that doesn't give me like if I was super jacked about the gameplay, I would look past it. Mm-hmm. But since I'm not, it was just kind of like hey, here's another thing I don't love about it. Yeah, yeah, it is a lighter game for sure. I I did I enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into it, I was like, I don't really know. There's it just doesn't seem like there's enough going on. And yeah. and again, don't get me wrong. This is a light game. It's a, it's a weight 2.0, but I still found it really enjoyable, especially once you throw the rules, um, the different cards that change the rules and change the scoring at the end of the game. Yeah, those change throughout the you know from game to game, and I really enjoyed that. Um, because it drastically changes your strategy and how you're playing. I might go really heavy in trying to hit John with color to get points with certain cards, or I might not want to at all. I might want yeah. to focus all of my attention in getting the color out on the board. I, I've enjoyed it. I, I, I have enjoyed my plays. I'm going to, I'm going to seven on this one. Uh, the same as, same as shores of Tripoli. It's not anything again that I, I get, apparently I'm yeah. below BGG two. There are seven and a half on this one. There's a lot of hype around this game. And I get it. I think this is one I'm going to hold on to for a little while because I think that this would be a really fun game for four families, but also like to set up at a con. I mentioned this in the video to walk into a con room and see this game set up. If you don't really know a lot of people and you're trying to dip your toes, this is a great game to have like the the very front of a con it looks, room. Yeah, it looks you know? awesome. So I've, I've enjoyed this one. I think it's fun. And again, a quick game. If it was longer, I would like it less, yeah. but it's like 20 minutes. Well, I, like the, game. I like the cards Dean was talking about. That was really neat. Like how I, I like how this scoring conditions, you get those, they change every game. There's like a little bonus thing. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. But again, overall, I don't know what it was about it. Uh, I think this game, I mean, it got it's got pretty good ratings. So here's another one that I just, it just didn't really scratch my itch, but there's a lot of people who it does. And I think... You should go watch the video, you know, go watch that and see what, what you think. Um, I'm get, I gave this a five out of 10 Yeah, right on the video. So that would be a, kind of back to that mediocre though. I did like wholly better than shores of Tripoli. If I was going to like kind of rank, maybe we should, we'll, we'll rank this at the end. We'll say what, what was our highest or lowest. That's a good call. Cause I've actually right. got another seven in here later on. Spoiler. There you go. Coming so, up next. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you, which one oh. do you prefer? I thought you said you wanted to do that at the end. Okay. We'll do it at the end. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the next game, you want to go to the next game? Yeah. You probably need to explain this one. You've played, I've only played this one once and it's been, oof, it's been over a month for sure. All right. So let's shift over to one of my favorite designers, uh, Alexander Pfister, a game that I, uh, yeah, I only did the video on this one, right, Dean? You only played it once. That's right. Yeah. You Uh, did this alone. So, you know, I was pretty excited first to just say for this game, you know, coming out this year, except for, let me rephrase that. I wasn't pretty excited. I was, I was, you're shaking your drink over there. You didn't, nobody heard that. If you remember, I do remember like this was one, and we've talked about this in the podcast that I was way less excited about than, you know, like Maracaibo and stuff. Uh, And the reason was because of the weight. Like I was thinking, you know, I'm just not super excited about, and I know that it's, it's kind of crazy because I don't mind games in this weight, but I was just like, is this going to end up feeling like just a lesser to me? Personally, I guess 
um, I'm trying to say less interesting. Uh, I, I like more stuff of uh, Maracaibo or uh, Great Western Trail or one of those types of games, right? Like, and well, let me just talk about how the game is played just a little <laughs> bit, and then I'll, then I'll give you my thoughts. So, um, in this game, very very simply, you have this airship and you're you know flying across this board. You're it's all about the card play in this game. Uh, you're playing cards in order to increase, you know. Um, different things that you have. And I, this has been, it's been a while since I played this game. So I apologize if I'm not just nailing this, but you have a couple resources. You have metal and you have water. That's it. But you also have cards that are kind of like your resource in the sense of whenever you play a card, you're having to get rid of a card, you know, as well. So that's kind of like another resource or whatever. Um, but yeah, you're just kind of doing a bunch of that stuff to score a bunch of points. There's more to it for sure, but uh, you do have a worker placement spot where that's pretty interesting, I would say, where you're going and putting your worker, but everybody gets an action. The place, player that plays the worker gets a more powerful action. What do you think about this one, Dean? It's, I... it's kind of hard. So playing this, I was like, oh, this is this is fine. That, that was kind of where I was yeah. at it. But I'll be honest, because it's been so long, it's really hard for me to like really think through this objectively. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I mean, I guess a month or a month and a half ago is not that long. I've had COVID since then, so maybe my COVID but there's, I mean, we've played a lot of games. You played it one time. It has. But I remember I liked it. I didn't love it for sure. It just didn't, nothing nothing grabbed me, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, the, the racing across the board, but it's not really a race. You know what no, I mean? It's like not. in that it's not. That wasn't like. It just didn't get me. Nothing on here was like, oh, I love this game. Um, I, you know, I know you said we're, we said we're going to do this at the end, but out of the three, this is is definitely my least favorite so far. Yeah. Uh, I, but again, I, that's after one play, so take that or leave it as you, as you will. Yeah, so, I mean, just my short thoughts about Cloud Age is just general thoughts are it's exactly what I hoped it wouldn't be, and that is a game that's got elements of, like, Great Western Trail with the way that you're going to play your cards, uh, your hand of cards, which I love. Um, elements of Maracaibo, you know, just different elements that, that Fister puts into games. But yet to me, it's just, um, I just want more from the game. I just want, I want there to be more tracks, more things to do. You know, I, it's only a couple, you know, like I said, a couple resources, um, which isn't always bad, but I just, I, I played the game and I, and this is, I just felt like, okay, it's fine. That's kind of how Dean felt. I think I'm like, it's a fine game, but ultimately my personal tastes are I would rather play the Great Western Trails. I'd rather play Mombasa. I'd rather play, you know, most of his other games, honestly. Like, it, it, this game is well-designed. It's not a bad game. It's rated 7.7. I know why people like it. In fact, you know, I'm preparing to sell a bunch of games. Every few months, I kind of do a game purge because I've got, like, that 150 or something, you know, limit that my wife and I do. And my wife told me she would like me not to sell this one, but I said I'm going to sell it because I don't want to play it. Like, I just like, I just, I would rather play his other games so much, babe. And then there's times wherever I want to keep a game and my wife's like, come on, I'm, I really am never going to play that with you. So that's not like a, then sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to keep it anyway because my game. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. but there's, there's games like, for example, I'll just be really quick, like through the ages that I might get rid of because I know my wife is never going to play that game with me sure. ever. Yeah. And I, I really like that game, but I know it's probably never going to happen. So, and this is one of those. So she actually was a little bit more, uh, excited about this game than I was. Uh, I gave this a six and a half out of 10 on the thing, um, which is, 
okay if play in the mood and usually willing to play. It, I'm probably more like a six, uh, but but I I I think I bumped it up because I felt like Fisher designed a good game here. It's just not my. It's just not scratching my itch. Mm-hmm. This is one that I I did have some excitement around, and actually, John, looking back here, back in September, we did our Meeple Town forecast, and if I remember right, this was on your top five. Five? That, mm-hmm. Because top when, ten, maybe. No, maybe a, when we did the podcast, we did we only did our top five. Okay, I believe that's right. Now I'm not looking at the video to see where that was, but I think I feel pretty confident because there's only like not even ten games on here. I think. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was. It may have been on both of ours actually. I don't I don't think I had it on mine, but I'm I'm only showing the games we tagged on BGG, not the games okay. like the order. Maybe it was. Um, yeah, I mean, it was on my radar because it's Fister. Anything and have me put something out, I'm going to be excited about it. Mm-hmm. But but I I just remember the whole time like not being that excited, like being like I've got it on my on some of these lists and stuff, but like I'm just bracing myself and. It's almost it, like you're you're intrigued by it, but not necessarily. Yes, I'm intrigued about it. by it because yeah. it's Fister. I mean, it's the same thing as Castles of Tuscany. Yeah. Just to be real, like uh-huh. I was intrigued by it because it's Feld. I love Feld. But I was like, expect kind of bracing myself to be a little disappointed, and I've kind of felt the same way about both of those games. Which one disappointed you more? Um, Which game did you like better between these two? Castles of Tuscany. Oh wow! I okay. gave them really similar ratings, but I'd rather play Castles of Tuscany okay. over Cloud Age. Okay. Th- this is, not, but it's not a bad. I think there will be people that will really, really love Cloud Age. I get it. There are people that yeah. Really love I mean, Cloud it's Age. true. I, like not- it's a if you think like Maracaibo and Great Western Trail and Mombasa, if like those types of games are like just a little too much. Like, you might love this game, you know, for sure. And that's, see, my wife tends to be in that, like, three-weight wheelhouse. Like, when it gets a little bit more, like, more than that, into that three-and-a-half plus, she starts to go, there's just too much going on. I'm not enjoying the game as much. It's too crunchy. And so she really actually liked Cloud Age quite a bit because of that. Well, when you, um, I don't know. I that, but, that's but where I, that's you can where be I, like that sometimes. Oh, I mean, if you take my top fifty games, I'm guessing my average is probably like a two point eight. If I had to guess, like two point eight, that or, low or three, I would say a three. Okay, maybe not. This is a weight two point eight. If yeah. my I did this last, it was either last year or the year before. My top ten was two point eight okay. for sure. Okay, I don't. For me, the weight is less. You know, if it's a good game, it's a good yeah. game. Like if it's if it's a super heavy game, as long as it has like some th- sort of thematic nature or something that's drawing me to it, it doesn't matter that much. Yeah. So Cloud Age is right in my wheelhouse of of weight of game, but it just didn't nothing grabbed me about it necessarily. Again, not a bad game. I probably would like it more with more plays. I just you know I don't I'm not itching to get more plays of it. Yeah, I mean there were I remember there were member. I remember there were moments in that game. And I had it too, like that. You're like, wow, this is kind of cool. And but then you would just like as the game progressed, and went, yeah, okay. Like I really do like the play where when a player plays, but you get a lesser action, and like you're trying to debate on like who goes there first because if they do it, that they, you know, you can't go there now because they blocked that. And so there's some there's some interesting decisions in the game, mm-hmm. and that's why it's a six and a half is not a bad score. It's just not like I'm, I'm comparing this to greatness in my opinion, like. All right. Speaking of light games, we're going to move on to a game from Korea Board Games Company. That is Showdown Tactics. We're actually going to be talking about a couple of games here from them. And John, John, why don't you tell people about this this new idea you have for a series for a YouTube video? Yeah, so I had this idea. I was, I don't know what actually 
I don't know, generated this this thought of this idea, but I'm a guy that really loves other cultures. I've said this before. I mm -hmm. love going, like when I went to Taiwan a couple years ago, so fun. I've gone, anyways, just anytime I go overseas, I just like embrace the culture, eat all their food, do this. And I thought to myself, like we have, we talk about all the time, which I love, Euro, you know, games from Europe and games from the US, right? Mm -hmm. We make great games, you know, and I, I together, we're all one. Right, you're. Yeah, I put that together. The U United States and the U.S. were together. Wait, Europe and the U.S. <laughs> that is right. The United States and the U.S. We are one. But but <laughs> but I wanted to like do something where we highlight games from other places that yeah. you know. And so, um, I had emailed. You know, I went out and I just started looking for different publishers and stuff like that that were in other countries. And Korea Board Games uh, was the first one to respond. And so they sent us two games. We'll talk about both of them. Um, but this first one that we're going to talk about here is Showdown Tactics. So I'm going to have this video up pretty soon, but we're going to kind of do this segment of like, I don't know what we're, we haven't really come up with a name. We got to come up with a name, but like games from around the world, uh, Meeple Travels. I don't know. If you come up with a really good name really fast, because I'm going to do this this week, then just email us or, or tweet at us or do something to let us know. But just kind of to say, you know, outside of the standard where a lot of games are coming from, kind of wanted to travel around. Yeah. Because there's games coming out from all over the place. I mean, literally all yeah. over the world. I just got a box and, from games from Singapore. Yeah. So um, and we'll talk about some from um, a publisher called Origami. But there's two that we got from Korea Board Game Company that <laughs> I'm I'm real glad you got these, John. I'm I'm, I'm excited that you did to pick these up. But Showdown Tactics. Let's talk about that first. This is an electronic board game. Yes, right? it is. You have this electronic board, and you each have tiles numbered one through nine. And all you're going to do is I'm going to play my tile. John's going to play his tile. And then those numbers are going to be compared by the electronic board. But here's the kicker. Let's say I win and it shows me that I win, but it doesn't show me what tile John played. It doesn't show John what yeah. tile I played. So there is a deduction element that as this game goes on, you're thinking, okay, Oh, and there's also, you know that it's an odd or even number. So the yeah. white tiles are odd and the even are black. So and the can, one beats the nine that's right. to throw a wrench into it. So that's it's right. not just the highest number wins every time it does, unless you play a one when your opponent plays a nine, then the one wins. That's exactly right. And so as you're playing, you can potentially deduce, okay, I played this five and John won with an odd number. So he yeah. won with a six or an eight. Okay, I know that he played a six or an eight. So you're trying to deduce because whoever has the most... Uh, whoever has collected the most, I think it's five. You have to have five to win the game. Is that right? Yes. Um, so if you have five... It's the most out of nine, which is five. That's so right. If, and, and and it does cut off if like someone wins five. There's no point in finishing the game. And you can tie. Like Maybe we did that in our video. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what happened Who knows? there? But this game, at first glance, you're like, oh, you're just playing tiles? It's like war. So it's a know? gimmick because you have this you know electric board that, that like it's just a gimmick game is yeah. what it is. It is not a gimmick game. You need the electric board for one you because you have to have some third party telling you that you won, but you don't reveal what the tiles are. So that's cool. It's like having a third player that's telling you what's going on here. Yeah. But also the deduction is fun, especially because mm -hmm. this is a, it says 15 minutes on BGG. Maybe. Well, yeah, because you're, you, you're thinking through your turns. But it depends on how long. You can play this game in five minutes can, yeah. without thinking through, but you could play 15 minutes for sure if you're really thinking through all yeah. your decisions. This is a fun game. I've enjoyed this one. Yeah, so Dean likes this one more than I do. Like, um, but there's a there's a place for this. Like, you know, usually if there's a game that uh 
you know, Dean really likes, I'll be like, well, what do you want to trade for? You know, but I want to hold on to this uh, because there's like a special place for this because I taught this to my seven-year-old in one minute. You know, how often are there games that you can teach to a seven-year-old in one minute? And yet you feel like there's some strategy here. And though it was really interesting playing strategically against a seven-year-old. Right. right. Because like, like the way they were playing things like, why? Why would you play that right now? Which actually made it, it harder. It, more difficult, it made yeah. it more difficult because, like, you're trying to feel that. But you know, after the first couple plays, I thought, man, there's a lot of luck in this game, and there is. There is luck. Well, sure, absolutely. But you're 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 trying to. It's, I think I said on the YouTube video, it's like risk assessment. Like, okay, I know Dean's got this, this, or this, so I can play this and see what happens. You know, and and I like that a part of it. But it just seems like a game that I'm gonna have like at the house for the kids, or I think it would be cool if you have like an office. Is that you can play in five minutes, ten minutes, and just have it laying around. Mm-hmm. You want to take a real quick break, pull your buddy, and say, "Hey, do you want to play? Let's play. Let's play a quick round." As soon as you finish, you're probably going to go. Let's run that back again. That's right. Um, we'll probably it, do that here, honestly, like in between yeah, recordings sure. and stuff. So I, I probably I'll keep it here, take it home, and stuff like that uh, for my kids. You know, I didn't love it, but it was just a fun, quick game that has some strategy in it. Yeah. Now, okay, for what it is. This is this is a cool game. I really like this. And I can see this one being like a kind of a big hit, honestly. Like this could sell in big box stores really well, I think. It could. But, it, you know, it's not like the most amazing game ever, but I was really pleasantly surprised by it. It's, it is fun. I think in America, it's got the dragon stuff, which I think are cool. You love dragons. Oh, the I box it, is amazing. I think in America, though, to be a big, big box, you'd have to, I would cutesy it up and stuff, potentially. Maybe not. I guess crossfire. Like the board like, itself. Yeah, like yeah. I would do something to kind of, yeah, to appeal to a ma- more mass audience, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, in Korea. Would you make this a four-player game? Uh-huh. That would be crazy. That would that would be too much. You can't get this game in America. So now that you're all hype about it, you can't get it. Sorry. Nope. Look elsewhere. Maybe this next one. Maybe the next one. But I will say two things. Number one, go to koreaboardgames.com to check out their stuff. And I did see that they were they're looking at finding a partner here in the U.S. And hey, just to throw another little wrench out there, I saw that a Steph Hodge played this game, and on BGG she rated it seven and a half out of ten. Like there's, I'm nowhere near that high, but I mean, like, and she had just, I think it there's a comment about it being like surprisingly strategic. All right, and enjoying that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you throw, probably would. I'm gonna be throw a high. wrench into that, John. Okay, you just said this is a game you would keep around the office and say, let's play this. So you would recommend it. So you would have it in that like seven to eight range, right? Just based on what you well, said. Well, that's usually willing to play. I and mean, I, you said that you would. You would. I offer guess I it. would be usually willing to play it because it's so fast. I win. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I get what you're saying. Like it, you know, for what it is. I think this. I would rate this higher for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Yep. I, it was fun. Like I'm. Like if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be wanting to keep it. I'm getting rid of Cloud Age. Yeah. You know, but this I'm not. So. I think you should get rid of this next game and throw it into my board game collection. All right. So this next game from um, Korea Board Game. Sorry. And I, that's what I'm sorry. The reason I hesitated when I said that was I f- failed to mention. Did I say earlier KoreaBoardGames.com? I can't remember. I was like, looking something yeah, up. Yeah, you did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So KoreaBoardGames.com. But anyways, so if you want to go, to, if you want an, a game from KoreaBoardGames.com, I want to check out one that you can actually get in the U.S. Four Gardens. Now, if you haven't heard of this game, what I actually originally heard of this heard this in Rado's top 10 games of 2020, his initial list that he comes out with. And this was like number nine or 10 for him. And I remember watching that and going, wow, that's interesting because it has this glorious pagoda 
that like Dean loves, I'm sure. This <laughs> that stands up and it looks pretty. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And I remember that attract like I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, but anyways, and and but then I saw that I forgot about it, and then you know a month or two later, Korea Board Games got back and said, hey, we're going to send you Four Gardens. And I'm like, wait, is that that game that Rado was talking about? <laughs> and I got excited. I got really excited. About it. I think I even called Dean or or texted him and said, hey, Dean, yeah. we're getting this Four Gardens game, and uh, in Four Gardens. So basically, you're building um, these landscapes, and by placing cards, but your cards do multiple things. Like if you play a card, you can play it to build the landscape by having two waters and a wood or whatever it may be, or you can play it to to alter the pagoda, which is interesting because it tells you you get to alter the first, second, third, fourth level, and everything else stays the same or turns with it depending on what level you're on. So if it's a higher than the whole thing turns, but then it also tells you, but you have to collect resources from the bottom up or top down and you have a little uh, circular, a thing where you can only store at the beginning four resources. So that becomes really interesting. And then you could also play the card to move your resources from like your planning area onto the cards or from a card to a card, so forth and so on. And, uh, yeah, the scoring is interesting. We can maybe talk about that. But what do you, you think about it? This is cool. So I will mention the scoring. So the scoring, as you're putting your cards out in your tableau, as you're completing them, let's say I complete a blue one, then I'll yeah. move up one on the blue track. The cool thing, and, and there's four different tracks that you're moving up on each or you know, the same point values. The cool thing is, though, once you reach 10, if you start getting more, then you're actually pushing the other player back on the scoring. Yeah. And if you push them off the board, sorry, you can't score this track. No, yeah. It's really interesting because when you get further on the, the scoring board, you start scoring two points. I think when it goes, I think it goes five, six, eight, ten. I think that's right. Yeah. So like, it's good to push them back, and they lose two points versus one point on another track. But then on the flip side, if you get pushed off, you're donezo. Yeah. And so you can't just focus there because if they start focusing on some others, I think it's that's interesting. But the other thing that I like about the scoring in this game is that when you flip over a card, um. You, you look at the, the, that, that particular color landscape. I think there's four different colors. Um, and when you flip over a card, you actually score the color that's on the card, which is different than the color of the landscape. Mm-hmm. Like there's like blue, orange, green, or teal, and like a maroon color. But those are the landscape like t- colors. But then there's actually colors for scoring. So you may be, it may give you a purple. You score on the purple. Uh, track or whatever but when you flip it over you score for the card you flipped over and then every other tile that's part of that landscape mm-hmm. that i mean not every other card so like it really is like an engine thing like a point building like you start flipping it over you're like wow i just scored five points because i yeah. just built that and that's pretty cool it is cool there's a lot to like about this game now it's it's uh, again on the lighter side this is a weight 2.18 but it's mm-hmm. definitely got some thinkiness to it because yeah, for sure. Because of the pagoda and, and how you're moving that around and, you know, the levels you're moving around. But the biggest thing is, and I love this, because it's it's multi-use cards. You have five cards yeah. in your hand. Oh, I don't want to get rid of this card because I want to keep these cards yeah. in my hand to start this this other tableau. But I can't because I also need to use this on here. And I, I like multi-use cards you anyway. You have to play a card every and, time. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. This one, it just, it those those are painful decisions because you really yeah. don't want to get rid of the cards. But this is a... This is a fun, fun game. One. I've really enjoyed this one. And I love the restraints of having four resources to yeah. go into your planning area. You can get one more uh, in the pr- as the game progresses, but 
Like it's really tight that way. Like if you if, if you can't play a card to go from the bottom up, if at the top there's grass and that's what you want, and at the bottom, you know what I mean. But and you and your your thing's gonna get filled too fast. Yep. So like you've got to figure out, and that's part of that strategic planning. But like as Dean said, this game is the weight. Understanding how to play it, I can teach you in three minutes mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. But strategically, there's more strategy than I think maybe meets the eye when you first start playing it yeah and, and the and panoramas the, are gorgeous too. so much of that is because of the strength that you're talking about yeah. you know you can't just go out and gobble up all the resources that you want you have to be selective about what you're getting super selective yeah. and there i mean one of the things that you can do is actually remove resources from your planning out of the back to the supply because you might have to do that in the game just to open up more spots hopefully you don't which is part of, it's just about being efficient and it was dean and i played a game i beat him by one point yep one point and yeah. there's a way he could have won Right? Didn't you say that, or did you? Or we we didn't know yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when you finish a tableau, you can you grab one of those tiles to either extend your, you know, your supply or to take points or to take resources. Yeah. If I would have taken the points, it's possible. I still don't know if I would have won. I, I probably would have lost, but it would you know still been pretty tight, I guess, because yeah. I benefited from that. But yeah, one point difference on this game. It's it's cool. I like this one a lot. Yeah. So check that out. And also on top of that, it's a cheap game. I'm looking it up. Like yes. I remember looking at Mini Mart, and like it was the cheapest there. Is why I said that. Now maybe their shipping's not the cheapest. You can get free shipping at Game Nerds at cheaper prices. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we're not getting paid. But yeah, it's oh, it's pre-order, so it's not even out yet. Hey, we need to get that video out then. This is this <laughs> we is releasing. Shot a video yet. Yeah, this we'll releases this month. Hey, we should do that soon then. Okay, uh, making plans. Twenty-eight ninety-nine. Get this game. <laughs> Seriously, get this game. It is. It's fun. Yeah, I read where someone said that they felt it was kind of like the wingspan of 2021. I, I don't think I would agree with that, like liking it that much. But I think the point was a lighter game that you can play with anyone that is that is strategic. Yeah, I did like this, though. Like, this would definitely – I don't know. I have to play it more. But this would definitely be in this 7.5 range or something out of 10 for me. Dean might even be even higher than that. It was fun. You I said 7? Really, Seven and a half, I think, is probably where I'd be at this game. Okay, we'll keep. Uh, I, I'm probably. I could go higher though. Like I need. I'm gonna play it some more. I'm probably at an eight on this one. I think. Yeah, that's so a fun close. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. On to the next one, which is uh, Venice. Venice. Is that right? That is. Venice is a game from Brain Crack Games, and this is a, a David Turtsky and uh, Andre Novak game. Yes. This is one that John has been super hyped about. Pretty hyped about. For a while. I'm going to let you explain this one because I'll probably have the next two on how to how to play this. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, Venice, it's a pick up and deliver game. Um, but what's interesting about it is that it, you're building engines as well. So when you go to most every spot, there's a few spots that you don't do this. You drop off an assistant. You only have uh, 10 assistants in the game. So And there's 12 tiles, I think. So number one is you're not going to get to go to every spot. So you're going to have to strategically... Think about strategically. What was that word? Strategically. <laughs> think about what places you want to go to because you're not going to be able to go to all of them over the course of the game. Now, when you go to a spot, if you have an assistant there, guess what they do, Dean? They bump up. There's four different levels on each of these um, buildings. And so they increasingly get powerful. But another cool thing about it is as you're sailing by places with your assistants, you activate those buildings. You don't bump them up unless you dock there or more there. But you you actually activate them. So there's like a lot going on. And you're basically, I mean, you're collecting resources to fulfill orders. But not only that, there are buildings that give you uh, 
victory points. Like if you trade in, you know, goods for victory points or trade in different things like that. So there's multiple ways to score points on this game. Highly player interactive. Yes. Maybe too highly for some people that don't like it, like um, a meanness to the game potentially. Because when you pass by somebody, y'all are going to have a, what do they call that? A rumble. It's not a rumble. Oh, my gosh. It's been a while since I played this. You're going to spy on them, right? You're going to. A meetup? I don't know. It's something like that. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> you're going to play games, meet up and play games. Uh, you're going to both lose, get some intrigue. Yep. So there's, a, I'm going to stop for a second and let you kind of talk about what you think about it, and I'll make some points. Okay, so uh, it, highly interactive, you're absolutely right in that. Now, I have only played this two players, um, and then we talked about that. I believe we talked about that in the video. The two-player game, you have this extra ship that you're moving around, which sometimes I don't like. I didn't mind it in this game. I thought it was I thought it was totally fine. You just flip a card or two cards, choose which one which boat you're going to move to a loca- or choose which location you're going to move your mm-hmm. your extra boat into, and then there could be some interaction that happens there. I like this game, but I didn't love it. But it I could have loved it. <laughs> You know what I mean? I really like so much about this game. I love the way the game plays itself. The yeah. end game scoring, the way that works, was not. It's I not didn't my, tell. I didn't say that. So. Right, right. I was gonna. I was gonna go into that. So with the the way the end game scoring works is it's possible if I have uh, if I have zero intrigue and uh, John doesn't have zero intrigue, he's just not going to be able to to win the game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some of that can be managed. For the most part, I think that can be managed. But if you are the last player, I feel like you have an advantage over the other players because you can really mess somebody up by giving them a lot of intrigue. And you have a way to get rid of that intrigue at the end of the game. But you have to have the you have to have the scrolls to be able to do that. Scrolls and uh, or money, right? There's two different ways to... Yes. Yeah, okay. Scrolls and money. To be able to get rid of that intrigue but it's possible that even if you plan pretty well i'm like okay i might get too intrigue at the end of the game i'll be able to to get rid of that well hey i just gave you three intrigue and so now you're not going to be able to get rid of it and you lost the game because of that that is not my favorite and that docks it down quite a bit for me because yeah. overall i like the way the game plays itself it is just you know pick up and deliver which is not always my favorite but I still enjoyed that. I still sure. thought it was fun the way that you're moving up the tracks that you were talking about, the you know, on the tiles, the way you're upgrading yeah. those actions that you get. That's a lot of fun for me. A lot of fun. But mm-hmm. I, it was just hard for me to get past some of the end game stuff. Yeah, the end game it didn't bother. Now there's an advantage to going first as well. So we do need to at least balance. I mean, at least say that, right? So like, the first person to get rid of the, all their ten assistant scores eight points, which is significant. Um, and so you would have the advantage to doing that. But I, I agree with Dean. I would rather go last. I mean, would you rather have eight that. points or automatically lose the game, though? Yeah, I mean, you... Again, you have you to prepare. Can, yeah, so you there, can, there there's way. I mean, if you look at what they what they have, you can say, okay, I know that the worst case scenario is they're going to give me X, Y, or Z. You know what I mean? So it's you can absolutely prepare for it. It's one of those things where you're, you're balanced. It's like risk, like risk assessment again. Like you're balancing like... Okay, I can be pretty risky here, but if I don't play my cards right, I could have just played an hour and a half game and lost. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I guess you do anyway. You know, immediately, right? So, but it feels like player elimination is what it feels like. Which, for sure, it does. I, you know, and I, it's kind of weird. I didn't love it at first, but I kind of like it because a lot of games don't have that in it. So, like, it's it's kind of a fun little extra element. But I would say, I will say that if you play the game well. 
and just jacked up the end, it would be hugely disappointing to like know that you're going to win, but you've missed. Like I almost did that in our in our. If you go and watch our YouTube video, I had to go back and redo it because like before I ended my turn, like right as I was about to end my turn, I said, "Hold up, wait a second, I got to redo this because I because Dean." There was a card that I had. I misread the card. Yeah. And I thought that I could turn in multiple, like, two coins for one to remove an intrigue. And it was, like, once per round. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot. And I had to go back and redo my whole turn. Um, Dan Palmer said that that was shenanigans. He called shenanigans on that one. You, I didn't finish my turn. We had to turn the camera off, reset the board. We sure did. <laughs> I mean, but it's true though. Like, I think you were going to win that game anyway. There's I, I no way. Well, I knew I was. That's why I was like, dude, I got this game won. I just screwed it up. Yeah. And you know, Dean would have done the same thing too. Nope. Yes, I would he never have. do that. He absolutely would have. But overall, I still think the game is fun. That spoils it for me a little bit. Uh, more than a little bit. I mean, maybe like a whole point difference or something like that. Would you give this one, John? I gave it a seven and a half out of 10. Um, usually willing to play. Um... I could potentially see this one going up. Like when I finished my first game, I was at about a seven, uh, and there was just it's it's a little fiddly teaching the game and like how all the things work and go around and do this. Like it's oftentimes whenever I've played pick up and deliver games, they tend to be on the lighterish end, mm-hmm. right? The Istanbul and stuff like that. And then this one was a little bit heavier. So like I, I wondered to myself how a lot of my personal gaming friends don't like pick up and deliver as it's not one of their favorites. So I wondered who will I play this game with? I'll play it with you. You would. Yeah. I think you would. Jonathan might too, because he really likes Istanbul. Uh, So maybe, maybe maybe that's nothing to worry about, but anyways, but I still like it. I'm going to keep it for now. It's in my collection. It's going to stay there for a while. Plus it looks really pretty next to Ragusa and will look even more beautiful when I get Florence. I need to, uh, I need to play Ragusa. This one was a seven for me, a fun game. Uh, it, it, again, if John says, "Hey, let's play Venice," okay, let's do it. I, I would, I would be happy to play this game because I think it, it, the game itself, I think, is a lot of fun. Yep. Just the ending didn't do it for me. Next one, that did do it for me. Whistle Mountain. Whistle Mountain is a follow-up game to Whistle Stop. Should have done a, a more powerful whistle there. Which at some play, at some point, you're going to play Whistle Stop. We, we need to play that. That's what you should have said. You should have said. Whistle stop when I was whistling. And then we just end the podcast. That would be dope. All right. Whistle Mountain. Whistle Mountain is a worker placement, kind of. It's more of an airship placement. You like that? Mm-hmm. And a polyomino game. And in this game, what you're doing is you're going to be placing your airships around the board or even potentially on the board to gain resources. Around the board, usually you're spending those resources to gain things like scaffolding or gaining yeah. machines that you're going to put out on the board. Uh, you're going to do that, and then eventually you're going to be building up the middle of the board. And that's that's really kind of where all the interaction happens with each other. So you're building up the scaffolding, and then on the scaffolding, you're going to be building machines on top of those. The machines are going to give you, give you resources or allow you to like trade in resources to do something mm-hmm. else, okay? Uh, so that's basically it. But the big thing is, is as... Those machines are rising above the bridge. They're melting the ice from the mountains and flooding the valley. And, John, we got meeples in the valley that we got to save. Otherwise, they're going to drown. More importantly, we're going to lose points. So That's exactly right. So, but you you claim that they're just chilling in the hot tub. They are. They're just hanging out in the whirlpool. That's what you said. Well, we haven't, we haven't posted this video yet, but we, when we oh, do, yeah. you'll see that. 
Uh, we didn't do a full playthrough of this one. Did, I mean, what did maybe we didn't talk about that in the video. I don't know. I'm trying to remember what my rating is, and I can't look it up because it's not posted yet. <laughs> I think I remember what I gave it. I know what mine is. Okay. All right. So as the water rises, that's kind of a timer for the game. But mm -hmm. really, once all of your people are off of the uh, scaffolding area, I forget what that area is called, then that's going to trigger the end of the game, and you're going to get you're going to add up your points. Now, the big thing about this game is there's lots of tiles. So you st you each start off with your own starting ability, which is cool, and there's a huge stack of those starting abilities, and they're all really powerful in my experience. Would you say that's correct? Yes. But then you're also putting sure. these gears onto your board that's building an engine that's specific to you that benefits you in certain ways. Like normally whistles are like a wild if you're spending them to, to buy something, but you might then get coal that's a wild, or you might be able to trade in coal for whistles, or you know, and you might be able to have something that's allowing you to get water or whatever. So like you're building your own engine as you're doing yeah. that. And you're scoring points from the machines, scoring them from lots of different things, from cards, lots of lots of areas. What let's also think? well, let's build up a little bit of hype. You know, let's just say that this game uh, is really hyped. Is that good? <laughs> is that building up hype? I've heard a lot about this game. I have too. I mean, like a lot of people really love this game, and uh, it's rated seven point uh, nine. Yeah, seven point nine. Sixteen hundred. Uh, almost 1,700 on BGG right now, so not bad. You know? And more importantly, Jonathan, this was his number two game of 2020. It was. Is that so, right? So Jonathan, who typically likes heavier games than even me, um, right, I would say. Yeah, I would say he leans even heavier. He says he's kind of a tweener before between you and I as far as like game, like variety of games that he likes. That's so true. He, he does like heavier games, but he can enjoy some lighter games for sure. That's true. But he... but. Yeah, I can enjoy some lighter games for sure too, but he likes more like the Ameritrash games than I do, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Than I do. Um, anyway, so this game is weighted like around three, which is cool. Um, I remember being pretty excited about playing this because I've heard so many good things, and I like it. I think it's a good game. I, I think that I like the way that there's a ton of player interaction in this game. It's very high because you're building the scaffolding together. When Dean builds a machine, guess what? I can land on it. You know, some people aren't going to like that, right? I think some people are going to be like, man, I just built that. And then now other people can just land on it. But hey, I get five points for building it, right? You know, so like you get a bonus for building it. Um, but you also have your, like Dean said, I like your little engine that you've got going with the gears. I think that's cool. I like the player powers, how they're really powerful. Um, I will say that the first time we played this, I was like feeling like we were doing a lot of the same thing over and over. And I was just ready for the game to end. But I do think we built the scaffolding pretty slow in that game. In our first game. In yeah. the very uh -huh. first game. The yeah. second time I played it, I was um, um, enjoyed it a lot more. Um, but I suck at this game. <laughs> <laughs> you do. That first I do. game, you got beat by a lot. I mean, like, I'm terrible at this game. I don't know what it is that it doesn't click with me. But usually that means I'm going to give it a super high rating. It's not a super high rating, not a super low rating. I think I gave this a 7 out of 10. Usually willing to play. I think it's a solid game. Uh, I'm not, but it just didn't do anything to make me go, whoa. And for a lot of people, it made them go, whoa. To me, it's just like, okay, it's cool. You know, it's fresh. It's not fresh. I just want to use a different lingo. It is fresh. You it's don't fine. think so? I mean, it's fine. It's a fine game. Some people really like it. I think it's okay. I'm usually willing to play it. I'm not going to suggest it. Yeah. I I really like this game a lot. No cap. I totally get why people love this game yeah. a lot. I understand it. But um just didn't do it for me. 
yeah, it's it's interesting because I really thought that you might like this one quite a bit. I did too. Okay, we didn't mention this. Scott Caputo was one of the designers who also put out Sorcerer City this past year. I think that mm-hmm. was a 2021. Luke Laurie was the other designer who also put out a little game in 2020 called Dwellings of Eldervale. I haven't played that one yet. It was a big game. This is a big year for, for both of them, I think. But I, I really like this game for a lot of different reasons. I... Uh, I enjoy the scoring from, I didn't mention this, but you score from uh, score points in a lot of ways. But one of the ways you score is from scaffolding. Mm-hmm. So when you place the scaffolding, each side that's touching another part of the scaffolding is going to give you a point. Um, our, the first game that you played, what my tile that I had gave me an additional two points if I scored like maybe four points or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's cool. Those are two of my favorite things, I guess. That, but that, that starting tile... I think is really cool because mm-hmm. I love having starting abilities, especially if they're super powerful. I but, do too. But everybody's are really powerful. Yep. And it really gives you something to play for. And I, I like that quite a bit. So I've I've really enjoyed my plays of this. I gave this one an eight and a half. And I get that's high. I get why people have this really high like Jonathan. Um now I had Pan Am at eight and a half, which was my number ten. Uh I don't know if I don't think this would have made my top ten. It would have been yeah. I think eleven probably eleven or twelve somewhere around there. Yeah, but I really like it. Totally, yeah, good. it's good. Last one, we <sighs> made it to the I'm last tired. game, Dean. I'm tired. I don't think I can do it. How 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 long is this episode so far? Like three hours. It's not. I, I've enjoyed this kind of rapid fire. Have I you? Do too. Yeah, I do enjoy. If we have time to play diving. a ton of games, we should do this more. Yeah, I, I do enjoy deep diving. But I mean, we've had last. You weren't here for two episodes ago. Then we did our top games of 2020. So we've had a ch- time, a chance. I've said a lot of weird things today. Just today, though. Just not used Normally, to Normally, John says absolutely, like... Everything makes perfect really sense. Really straight-laced normal things. And I never tongue-tie or anything. It's just so weird. Paris City of Lights. You ready for this one? I was Brrr, born ready. This is by Devere Games, and this one is another uh, uh, polyomino game to an extent. So what, what mm-hmm. happens is you have this board. It's a two-player-only game. You have this board that sits inside of the box, and you each have tiles. You're going to be placing these tiles out there. And what these tiles do will allow you to place your uh, polyomino pieces onto your colors. Yep. So you're trying to group your colors together as best you can. So on the in the first phase, you're either placing those tiles or you're going to draw a, a polyomino tile. Mm-hmm. Second phase, you're going to be placing those polyomino tiles, and they have to go onto your color or into a neutral purple area. And then... You're either going to do that or you are going to play one of the abilities from the cards that are around the board. There's mm-hmm. eight different cards around the board. And those will do lots of different things. They'll extend the size of your building. They'll allow you to swap out your polyomino pieces. They'll let you, you know, put out a separate building or, you know, lots of different things that they yep. do. And then the game ends when you have all your polyomino pieces out there and all of those cards have been placed. Um, or if you can't place any more polyomino pieces. And how you score is by first... If your buildings are touching light posts, you're going to multiply. Let's say it's a, uh, let's say the building has four squares on it and it's next to two light posts. You're going to multiply those and you're going to get eight points. You're yeah. also going to get points for your largest buildings, like all your buildings connected, one point for each square, and then points from like the cards. That's it. I taught you the whole game. Like literally, that is, that's it, right? I mean, you can now play the game. That's, yeah. What'd you think of this one? So, number one, I am always intrigued, I mean always, by a two-player-only game. Yeah. Like a small box two-player-only game. Um, f- why? I I don't know. 
I think it's because I play games with my wife mostly. Uh, I'm also always intrigued by what Devere comes out with. Yeah. And so the funny thing was, was this is a game that I wasn't even, I didn't even know what this was. I'll be real with you. And Dean had had it for a long time. Yeah. Honestly. And I just, it, I just wasn't, it just for some reason, we talk about a lot of games where I just it never really registered. Hey, this is a two player only game from Devere. And if I, he would have just said that to me, stop, John, stop right now. This is a two player only game from Devere Games. I would have been like, oh, I really need to play this game. Yeah. Um, but also knowing that polyominoes were involved, I'm a little polyominoed out. Um, I like it in, but I mean, I, let's go back to Feast for Odin. I love it in that game. So there's games where I like it. It's just there's a lot of polyomino games. So I think it just made it less exciting. I'm not. I wasn't against it. I was like, oh, okay. But boy, oh boy, this is fantastic. This game is so dang good. You play in 30 minutes. It's super thinky. Uh, because I mean, and I also, and you guys know, if you've listened to me, I love phase games, not games where there's 10 phases every round. I'm talking Hello about tell. where there is, where there are distinct fate, like the game completely shifts halfway through like brass Birmingham. Like, I love that. Like it shifts. This game is that you gathering all your, you got all your tiles, you're placing them down. You're getting your polyominoes. That's the first part of the game. Then the game totally changes because now you're placing those polyominoes onto the the spaces that you've already created and you're going around to these like postcard things and you're getting special abilities. Then the game is over. And it is crunchy, thinky, glory. Um, but you I, didn't spend two hours playing it. You know, you did, I it, didn't. you did all that in 30 minutes. Yeah, I gave this an 8 out of 10. And even I said like it's borderline 8.5 out of 10. And for me, I don't, I try not to get, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think Dean rates games higher than I do. So sure. I, yeah. the only reason I say that is because like for me, an eight out of 10 might be more like his eight and a half or something like that during certain situations. So this is a solid eight out of 10. I, I, I don't have this game. I've got to get it. Um, I could see this going up to eight and a half. It could even go higher potentially. I th- really like this game a lot. Yeah. Yep, I'm I'm totally with you on that. Now, the a negative. This isn't a negative specifically for this game. It's for those phase games. Is it might be difficult if you go into this game. You might not do well because you might have to play through that second phase to really understand how what you should do in the first phase. You know, and I feel that way about Biblios. I feel that way about For Sale, Brass Birmingham. You know, all of the or you know any of those brass games. That can be a challenge, but because it's a 30-minute game, you can just knock a game out and then go back and play it again, understanding better how how that first phase should be played out. Because yeah. the first time that John and I played together, we played that first phase, and we were, if I remember right, we played our tiles pretty far away from each other. Yeah, it was kind of like I carved out my side, you carved out your yeah, side. Yeah, but... Then with more plays, we've realized like player interaction <laughs> is really heavy up. in that. Yeah, you want to really mess people up, but I don't think it didn't feel mean. And you don't if you don't like mean games, I think you would still like this because you sure. don't have to play it that way. No. It's just John and I were a little more intense with the player inter- interaction, and there is a a decent amount. There is a lot. There's a lot of player interaction in this game. I would yeah. say. Oh, a lot. But a again, lot, it lot. doesn't feel mean. It's more in the sense of I want to get that spot before you do. I want to get that tile before you do. I want to play that postcard before you do. And if I, but there's also that pusher luck. I want to take this spot, but I also really want this postcard before they get it. And you have to make those those grueling yeah. decisions. Every decision, and I mean Super every important. decision in this game is important. And I love Even the first tile that you place. That's right. And I, what I said, you know, in other, um, I will talk about it with Hallertoe, but like. And that'll be next week. We're going to talk about that, y'all. 
I love two weeks. I love games. Yeah, I love games where there's one spot to go to a worker placement spot. You know, and that this game is amplified because you don't just once per round can get out of that spot. Once in the entire game, you yeah. go to that spot. Uh-huh. So it amplifies the, you know, wow, I really want that, but I really want to place this polyomino before Dean does because on the purple spots, we could both place. And you really make, it's grueling decisions. I would say that this could, this can lead to a ton of AP in a small box game if mm-hmm. you want if you probably allowed it to um but, but even if it does you're you might be looking at a you know 35 to 40 minute game or something true. like that it's if, true even if you're, you're being really thinky through your decisions the other thing I, i'll just kind of mention this last before i go into my score but the you have eight postcards that you use every game there's 12 total in the box which you might think oh there's only four extra ones but if you mix and match those the way that it really changes the game up quite a yeah, bit i agree I, uh, in, in in such a good way but it's not too complex either I give this one an eight and a half, and and I'm kind of like John. Honestly, it could continue to rise. Yeah. This is definitely one of my favorite two player only games. It's it's fantastic. And here's the thing: I think this one has flown under the radar. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of videos on this uh, when it released. It came out in 2019. I remember Z Garcia gave it an eight, if I remember right. It's rated seven and a half. Oh, don't sleep on this game. I don't, I really I, agree th- with you. I think you got to check this one out if you like. If you like the things that we're saying, think your games that play really quick and two player only, this is one of the best. It's really it good. It really is. It is. It's extremely so. good. Anyway, let's rank these now. Okay. Not that we have to, because most of these are not anything like. We just want to have fun. Ones. Okay. I mean, sometimes you do things that are fun. All right. Am I going first? I'll go first. I'm going to start off with my least favorite of the ones we talked about today. Do I have to get a drum roll? All right, Cloud Age, my least favorite out of all these. Wow, okay. Shores of Triple. Oh, hey, let's go back and forth. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. You oh, man, to? I messed it up. Yep, go ahead. Okay, um, my number eight would be Shores of Tripoli. Okay. What number would your seven? number seven be? My number seven is Shores of Tripoli. So my number seven would be Holy. Okay. Uh, number six. Number six. Is Holy for me. So we're So we're both pretty close. Yeah. Maybe because we played these together. Maybe that's what it is. My six would be Showdown Tactics, I think. Okay. My number five. Which this is, that's interesting. I mean, you could probably argue me out of it, say I'm going to keep number six and I'm going to get rid of number five. I think we messed up our numbers here. What did we say? Eight, seven, six, five. Yeah, okay. Never mind. We're good. My number five. What was your number six? Sorry. Uh, Was that Holy? Holy, Is that what you said? Okay. Mm -hmm. Showdown Tactics is my number five, but still really fun. Cloud Age is my number five. Maybe I should have just flipped it between that and Showdown Tactics. But I, I like Cloud Age. Okay, it's just it's the it's the whole it's the whole thing of oh gosh, you play again. the card game and you you just want to play the board game. That's what I feel like when I'm playing Cloud Age. Like it's a fine game. I just want to play other games. Okay, number four. Is there a board game version of Cloud Age? That's I don't understand the reference. Number four. John, you are right here. We, John Gruel, you, you you get really like all bent out of shape when you're doing. I'm these, really tense right now. These. Yeah. My shoulders are all tense. Yep. Not all really. Right. Kind of they are. I don't know why. I think this on? is poor seating. Number five, right? Four. Yeah, I did Cloud Age for number five, and you did. What did you do for number five? Showdown Tactics. So, Venice? Uh, my number four would be... Wow, okay. That's not too bad, though. My number four would be Whistle Mountain out of these. Not too bad. Okay. What about I'm trying to think. I have like one, two, three, four. Four of those rated pretty much the same thing. So what would your number three be out of these? Uh, Four Gates. Like that one quite a bit. Four Gardens is the title of the game. 
You know what's really funny? Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the tab and I can't see the whole thing, and so it just says GA, and I just so I just went with it. <laughs> four games is what my my third one is. Okay. Uh, oh wow, four Ooh. gardens can be a lot of things at that. Spells. Is my number three out of these really fun? That's a good game. Uh, my number four. Oh, am I going? Do we skip back and forth? Are you sure that that was your number four or your number three? Did you say your number four? That was my I number, did. That was my number three. Okay, Four Gardens was your number three? Yeah. Four Gardens is my number three. You got confused because I said four. My B. That's true. That's All probably right. right. So my number four is Four Gardens as well. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's fun. It's snappy. It's peppy. It's 45 minutes. You know, you're ready to go. Let's do it. My number two, Whistle Mountain. I almost said Whistle Stop because it just serves Whistle. There you go. Whistle Mountain. What you got? Uh, Venice. Okay. I still really liked Venice, you know. Um, and then both of us, our favorite one. Is, yeah, number one out of all these games, eight games today. So Paris. maybe it was a good reason we did do those rankings because I'm telling you, we're getting paid no money from DeVere. Nothing. I mean, we, you know, they sent us a review copy, which was really nice. But if they want to send us money, we'll take it. <laughs> so DeVere, if you're listening and you're like, hey, you guys did a great job. Here's a little tip. I mean, of course we're going to take it. I'm not going to take it. If anybody else on the podcast just wants to send us money. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What I'm saying is the point has nothing to do with money. The point has everything to do with the fact that John and I love this game, and you should stop everything you're doing right now. Wow. Don't, don't finish the podcast. Go ahead and delete it. There's not much. There's We're done pretty much anyway. Don't, no, don't delete it. Delete the episode. Go and buy Paris City of Lights. Wow. Do it. Right that's, now, I'm waiting. That's, that's some serious stuff. Can we stop now? Are we done? Yeah, so that's it. That's good. <laughs> that, that, that really is the episode. So, John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. If you're enjoying our channel, we would love for you to subscribe to our channel. You can go to MeepleTownGames.com to check out all of our stuff. We're at MeepleTown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to MeepleTown. All right, John, on the spot, top three games themed in Paris. What you got? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Why you got to put me on the spot like that? Top two. You're, well, one was your number like something in your, like, your top 10 list of last year. Oh, this is a bad one. I know your list. Let me go ahead and say it. Yours is, <laughs> yours is Paris, Thank followed you. by City of Lights, followed by Notre Dame. That's your list. Ooh, Notre Dame would actually be number one on that list. What? I played it again the other day, and I'm like, this game is great. Ooh. They're all rated like an eight, or like eight-ish for me. Like, so they, seriously. And I actually might like City of Lights better than the Keesling game. Really? Depending on the player. Okay. It, it, that one depends on player count. That's true. If I'm playing yeah. with two players, I'd easily rather play City of Lights. Well, obviously, because if it's I'm a playing with game. three players, I'd easily rather play <laughs> Paris. That's ridiculous. I might be pretty close to that. I might have <laughs> colors of Paris above Notre Dame, but I need to, It's been a while since I played Notre Dame. What's Colors of Paris? It's a worker placement game. I, I did a video for this. You oh, I know what you're it. talking about. You didn't, you didn't play this one. Amanda, yeah. Amanda really liked it. It was really one. simple worker placement, right? Yeah. Like uh -huh. straightforward. Yep. You, and you like that quite a bit, huh? It was pretty fun. Yeah. So we good. got. Okay. Bye-bye.